Hello and welcome to a sad True Blue LA. The Dodgers are out. It's our first off-season-ish. Jacob, what are you talking about? This is the World Series preview. We're yeah. coming to you live before Game 6 of the World Series with the Astros and the... D- Wait a minute. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, bummer bummer of an NLCS. Some some high some high moments, but mostly lows. So we'll we'll recap that. We won't we won't you know linger on it. Best to move on. We're gonna go over uh, throughout uh, the history of this podcast. Uh, Eric and I have made bets with each other, and starting last year, we actually kept track of them. So we're gonna kind of go over what those were, how silly some of our thoughts were. Uh, how accurate, uh, scarily accurate some of us were. I bet I ended up winning, but uh, we'll see. Um, maybe I just wasn't a good better. Maybe I actually lost. Uh, we've got some trivia questions. We've got Dodgers Rewind, some other stuff thrown in there. Uh, all of that after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com you know, I'm just not going to let you talk. All right. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've ever done that. I am, uh, on a preemptive note, I am not feeling super great, a little under the weather. So uh, if you think I'm bad at trivia normally, it's going to be even worse today. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so, uh, well, yeah, let's recap that. And I'll see you know, an interesting year. I think we've, we've, you know, they always are. But I think the thing we've kind of harped on is other than really Cody Bellinger, no one greatly underperformed uh, their expectations on the offense this year. And yet it, there was just so seemingly so many slumpy stretches. It like ended up not in the aggregate doing that, but so often that they would just kind of suck. And uh, they, they, they pick the NLCS it, as another fine opportunity. It, it's uh, to very, do that. it's very weird to, to both 
lead the league in runs scored and seem disappointed on offense. Like yeah. that that's that's the 2021 Dodgers and it like it's confounding cuz I'm still not exactly sure if it if how they did it was weird. It certainly felt weird, right? Yeah. Like through as it was happening. But like we talked about this on a few episodes I think, but I was looking up like, you know, generally, right? They were on like the bottom of like uh like or like fewest games scoring like three or less or two or less or zero or one, you know, and like they just didn't do it that often, like relative to the majors, but like it seemed like it happened a lot. Like, and it, 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 because their MO was like huge, huge innings, big game surrounded by like two duds or something mm-hmm. like that. And then the high average, but it didn't always play out that way, but it certainly felt that way. And like, it's, it played that out that way in the playoffs, but, um, just as a timestamp, we are recording this on Tuesday before uh, Game Six of the World Series. The Braves lead three to two. Uh, if the Braves win, it will extend the streak of the Dodgers losing to the World Series champion every year since 2016, except for 2020 when they did not lose because they won. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, the World Series either ends tonight or tomorrow. Uh, it's I can safely say that because uh, uh, Houston has a dome, uh, so. Like, uh, yeah, who knows? But, um, so yeah, the Dodgers offense, they played 12 postseason games, six of them, they scored, uh, zero to two runs. Um, they actually won one of those games and like, uh, that was game five of the NLDS, which was a very fateful game in many ways. Uh, and you know, uh, obviously we'll get to why, but, um, they only had four games scoring five or more runs, uh. I was like, they didn't really have two good games in a row. The The best stretch was in the NLCS. Uh, game two, they scored four. And then in game three, they scored six. But even that game three, it, it required them to look dead in the water for seven innings. And then uh, <laughs> Cody Bellinger uh, and Mookie Betts to rescue them. Um, game like three might tur- be a really good example of what the whole year uh, kind of felt like like yeah and it wasn't always late right sometimes it would just be the third they would score a bunch and then they just look dead yeah there was a how many games do you, that like it seems like every other game but like look oh man dodgers put up two or three in the first oh they're gonna roll tonight and then you look up in the eighth and they still have those three <laughs> runs or whatever um that's what it felt like a lot like they did that in game two and then they they tacked on too late and then Hey, they brought in Julio Urias in relief, and it didn't work. Um, but, yeah, so Trey Turner, um, just awful in the postseason, really. Yeah. Like, uh, 11 for 51, his OPS was 500 on the dot. Uh, that was the best OPS by a Turner this offseason with the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, Justin was 4 for 34 before he got hurt. Uh, 417 OPS, like... That's, like, shocking in itself. That's a bad number. But, like, also, just given Justin Turner's history, like, he like he has, like, all the Dodgers, like, postseason records. Because, look, they played. There's more opportunities. I know Duke Snyder had, like, uh, what 15 or whatever, how many ever it was, World Series home runs. Or, no, it was 11, I guess. All World Series, of course, that's, that's great. And, and Turner's played more games. But, like, he has, like, most homers, most hits, most, like, this, most that. Uh, he's, he's done excellent in the postseason for the Dodgers and it's been consistent. Like he, I think, uh, I forgot, I think one year was like a 790 or 780 OPS in that year's postseason. Every other year is like 
higher than that or better except this year. So like that's how like shock he's been like shockingly consistent like over and then that's how this year was weird. Corey Seager he had the two uh, first inning home runs um, against the Braves. Even with that, nine for forty eight this postseason. Uh, 188, 264, 375. Not not exactly the going off. It just reminds you, like last year, they had a lot of guys go off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was on. I took. I was catching up on off days. I'm not calling it a vacation because I'm actually taking a vacation next week. But um, uh, catching up on off days last week. I did not go to the end of uh, season presser. Uh, with Andrew Friedman, uh, but also it was on TV and uh, I did watch it. Um, and I would say um, Friedman has a way of like not say he says a lot but doesn't say much. And like I would say that was accurate for the bulk of that that uh, press conference. So uh, you know that's that's his thing. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I let's just say I'm not not sad that i missed that press conference like i I made a wise (laughs) decision also i was i was not working so like that's part of it but um so this is a quote uh fabian ardai and the athletics sort of wrote about some of that stuff from the presser and this was friedman on the offense and i thought this was this was kind of telling um uh one through eight it was the deepest best lineup i've been around but it didn't quite play like that over those two months uh it this was the two months like uh basically August to September until like the last week of the season. Uh, the, the, they kind of went off on that last week and everyone said, oh, they're going to hit the playoffs and it didn't happen. Um, but then back to Friedman, uh, it was a little bumpier than I would have expected. I thought by having that lineup depth, it could withstand some guys who it is inevitable a couple weeks stretch where some guys are out of rhythm, other guys are hot, other guys are more in the middle, and it just kind of ebbs and flows. But we hit some real stretches where five, six guys in the lineup are struggling at the same time, and that's – Pretty a pretty perfect um, distillation of like what went wrong with the offense this year, I think. Um, and then also lack of depth. Um, I, I was legitimately shocked by this. I was looking up just like I just wanted to see what. It's really hard to find um, postseason stats. Like it, it's not as easy as like regular season stats, Baseball Reference, FanGraphs, any of that. Like I guess MLB.com has them, but uh in a way but um i did use like the the baseball reference uh, like stat head to just to essentially search for like game finder and i did it that way but steven Souza jr played in 10 of 12 postseason games right like that's all due respect to to steven Souza jr it shows how he was on the list of like because he, he was dfa'd and eventually re- retained twice, in the dodger yeah. system but like where when he got called up near the near the end right he was around it, yeah think. it was sometime in september and yeah and he was like oh he's still around <laughs> and here you are one of the key pinch hitting pieces uh for your and, los angeles dodgers and then also um don't forget andy burns was called up during mm-hmm. um uh, the NLCS, they they actually they to get the relative upgrade. I'm still kind of s- not stunned by this because we're all talking about like just relative like fringe players on the 40 man roster. But to get the relative upgrade from Billy McKinney uh, or Zach McKinstry who bat left handed, they chose the right handed Andy Burns who pl- who uh, provides a little more infield versatility, I guess. Uh, but the, to get that incremental upgrade for, it turned out to be a total of two games, 
um, off the bench. The Dodgers designated for assignment Edwin Yuseta to, to make 40-man room for Andy Burns. So just a weird year. Like, um, uh, Yuseta ended up um, claimed off waivers by the Diamondbacks, so that, that was sort of the closing of that book. But uh, Chad Moriyama tweeted this last week, and I, I looked back and just to check these, but this was the Dodgers bench in Game 6 of the NLCS. Uh, Albert Pujols. Uh, Steven Souza Jr., Austin Barnes, Gavin Lux, Andy Burns, right? That's rough. That's a that's a rough bench. Matt, Matt Beatty is usually in that, but he started in game six. So uh, one of his two or three starts, I think, in the postseason. Um, this was the Dodgers bench in game six of the World Series, keeping in mind that there was a DH last year. Uh, Kike Hernandez, Jock Peterson, Edwin Rios, Matt Beatty. Much better bench. Uh, they they had uh, Will Smith at DH because Barnes was catching, so that's why there wasn't a catcher there. 2019, when the Dodgers lost in the NL- NLDS in Game 5, this was their bench. Chris Taylor, A.J. Pollock, David Freeze, Gavin Lux, Russell Martin. Now, that's a bench. Like the, the, These are the, – they were teeming with depth uh, over the last few years. And uh, this year, not so much. Um and then, so, like, look, the offense, that was, like, the main reason they lost, but also the pitching staff just absolutely hit a wall. The, the three the three starters they employed uh, um, just all just lost it in the NL- NLCS. Um, uh, you know, I would say losing – no one wants to say, like, injuries. Um, no one wants to, like – make an excuse for injuries and you really can't like literally the Braves lost Charlie Morton in after three innings of game one of the world series with a broken leg. Now that's awful timing. Right. But like if you have injuries during the year, like the Braves lost Acuna um, and uh, Mike Soroka very early in the season, but also is in the season to where they, they could make replacements. Like they, they literally traded for four outfielders um, and the Dodgers, like they, they were without, uh, pitchers as well. They traded for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. The, these are things that you could sort of remedy, but, um, I would say losing Kershaw on the last Friday of the regular season and then losing Muncie on the, the final day of the regular season, the timing of those were like devastating, I think to the Dodgers, but mm-hmm. especially on the pitching side, because Kershaw would have been, um, like their their game four starter, although maybe a game three starter, given how they sort of bounce uh, Urias around, I think Kershaw might have been game three, but it doesn't matter. They would have had four starters, right? That's the thing, and the fact that they only had three um, made them sit, sort of use those three a lot. Um, Walker Bueller started short rest twice. Um, uh, Max Scherzer was used in. Uh, to save NLDS game five in a game that um, they used an opener before Julio Urias and they only let Urias go four innings. So it's just odd all the way around. Then Urias was used in game two of the NLCS. We've talked about all those decisions before, Um, but like uh, Scherzer was not the same uh, after that. He, he said uh, he, after his game two, he had to be pushed back from his game one NLCS start to game two. And then he said he had a dead arm and he left in the fifth inning of that. Uh, he was in line to start game six uh, of the NLCS in Atlanta. And then he got pushed back from that. He said it was, um, uh, he said it's not an injury. It's a muscle fatigue. He told reporters in Atlanta. 
Um, so the hope was he was going to be able to pitch in some capacity in game seven, but even that would have been compromised and that required Bueller to go in short on short rest rather than another bullpen game. And then Bueller was like, you know, doing okay, but like also compromised because he's on short rest. And then he just, uh, couldn't put away, uh, the hottest hitter on the planet, Eddie Rosario and who hit a three run homer that kind of put that game away. Um, Scherzer, Bueller, and Urias combined in the NLCS. Uh, 18 innings, 28 hits, 17 runs, 15 runs, 9 walks, 21 strikeouts. It was bad. Um, and, like, you just, it's really hard to win with that. The bullpen was awesome. Like, they, they pitched 34 innings in the, in the NLCS, <laughs> 34 out of the 52. They only allowed 11 runs, um, 47 Ks, 9 walks. So, excellent bullpen. And, at top, you would think that uh, given how deep and re- very good the bullpen was, it would have been nice to see the bullpen used in bullpen roles in, in, <laughs> in certain games. But we're not going to harp on that. But so now, after all that, the Dodgers are eliminated. They, they were eliminated in six games by the Braves. Um, the offseason is here. Uh, either uh, Wednesday or Thursday will be the official start of the offseason with free agency and all that. The Dodgers will have 11. Uh, free agents, but the big ones, Kershaw, Kenley, and Seager are the three longest tenured Dodgers. Um, then you also have uh, Chris Taylor, indispensable uh, part of the last five years. Max Scherzer, like Hall of Fame pitcher, who was great for them, also um, 37. Um, you know, and then like Albert Pujols, uh, he's, he still says he's not sure about retirement, but he's playing in the Dominican Winter League and like for the first time ever. Like it's, I don't. Maybe you do that as a like a way to go out, but it's it sure seems like he's preparing to play in 2022. No, you know who knows where he's going to play, but it would seem like I'm sure the Dodgers would love to have him back in the same sort of limited role. You could, I could also see a situation where like um, maybe he goes to St. Louis or something for one last hurrah, uh, that kind of a thing, because you got Wainwright and Yadi Molina all, both on one year deals, so. You also have to imagine he he is going to wait until the DH rules are announced. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, in exactly. all likelihood, yeah. or at least when the writing is on the wall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no CBA yet, <laughs> so like, we, who knows when that's going to happen? <laughs> but um, so the the one um, sort of other like decisiony thing in the next week or so, uh, it happens has to happen within five days of the World Series. I'm not sure. Probably a specific language of the exact day, but the Dodgers have a 12 million dollar option on Joe Kelly. Uh, with a $4 million buyout, it sure seems like that's going to get declined. Um, uh, Jorge Castillo noted that Kelly's uh, bicep strain, he um, <clears throat> he was out uh, ruled out for the rest of the playoffs after Game 5. Um, he, uh, the bicep strain that uh, Castillo said is severe enough to, that he's not Kelly's not expected to be ready for the start of the 2022 season. So... So if uh, Kelly's option is declined, that leaves 38 players on the 40-man roster to start uh, the offseason. That doesn't include Bauer. Um, in that press conference, Friedman was asked a lot about Bauer. He sort of went the same party line of we can't really say much until MLB's investigation is over. And, like, you know, he said, like, he did say, like, we'll, we'll share more when we can. <laughs> but, like, you know, they're not just not saying anything on that right now. But um, I would just say – 
even so, even at thirty eight players, that's a high number on the forty man roster to start an off season, especially when obviously moves are going to be made. So there's a lot of like extra, like guys we we talked about, like um, like Andy Burns. Uh, they certainly could keep him on the forty man, but you have like a, a lot of a lot of guys in that that mold, like Scott Alexander's arbitration eligible, but like are they uh, are they going to keep him around? Who knows? Like there, there's a lot of guys who could get like non-tendered or sent outright and they to clear some space but just generally i think there's going to be a lot of painful goodbyes like even if they bring back kershaw what if they don't bring back kenley you know seager is one of the most sought after free agencies he's might be going elsewhere probably going elsewhere there's going to be a it's going to be a tough winner um we're going to dig into that in our next episode try to predict uh where these free agents will go i'm gonna i will predict now that um, given the pace of the offseason, I, I suspect none of them will make decisions before we record next. But I've been known to be wrong on predictions before. And I, we I'm have really interested proof. to see how the CBA negotiations uh, or yeah. lack thereof uh, uh, influence just because, you know, we you could be looking at a major shift at just how payroll works in general. Um, and I could see that. We've already had these extremely Cold War uh, off seasons of, of just the you know owners and uh, players kind of staring at each other for a long while, waiting for a domino to fall that may or may not ever fall in a timely fashion, and just add this in. Like, ugh. yeah, like there could be a lockout in a month. The, the yeah. CBA <laughs> expires on December first, and then like I think the the sort of mechanism there is is if they don't have an agreement. Um, you know the owners could lock out the players, and then that freezes everything. There's no, there's no free agency at that point. There's um, that that changes a lot. But it also it it's a at a point where no one's hurting yet. Like people will sign when they sign. Um, but until it gets to a point where it affects like <clears throat> reporting for spring training, or even if it shortens spring training, like as long as it doesn't like look like it's going to threaten the season though that's when the real deadline type stuff gets in and, and then they'll be motive, more motivated to act if they haven't already so it, it's going to be a weird um weird uh off season for that but um before we get into the off season um <clears throat> let's look back at the season we we made a number of uh bets uh, many of these uh originated from questions from Craig like where he would ask us to pick a side on something I went back and looked through a lot of them. I, I there were a lot where we had the same, we picked the same thing, so I just left those out. There were a couple others that just weren't relevant. Um, but yeah, th- this is a a relatively thorough accounting um, of the sort of choices we made uh, during the season, um, and I'll just go through them. Uh, this <clears throat> this is like kind of in chronological order. These were before the season. Um, who would have more starts in 2021? Jacob, you picked Tony Gonsolin. I said Dustin May. If we stop the bet <laughs> in in May, or actually probably even in June, I would have won this because Dustin May had five starts and Tony Gonsolin was hurt. Uh-huh. But he ended up with thir- Gonsolin ended up with 13 starts. So you you uh, you wiped the floor with me on that one. Now, and that's um, the only bet we made. Congrats to me. Yeah. I win. Yay! Uh, it gets worse for me Dustin, as we go on. Speaking of Dustin May, um, he 
had a video of himself throwing yesterday. His first time throwing since Tommy John surgery, uh, six months to the day after his last start. And uh, I believe uh, about 10 days shy of six months uh, after the surgery. So he's still looking like a post-All-Star break guy at earliest uh, for the Dodgers next year. But that's at least a positive sign. Um, uh, Jacob, you guessed uh, on, on one of the questions... A Dodgers pitcher will hit a home run in 2021. Hmm. I mean, it, it just didn't happen. Justin Turner hit me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. Like, uh, it's just sad. We never clarified. I think I win this. I think I'll, I'll give you that. One. You, you, so <laughs> Jacob's good. Can't, I'm still not going to make up ground. <laughs> uh, the episode where we had Craig on uh, for live questions from Craig um, when during the the over under on uh, on stuff. Uh, the Dodgers preseason uh, over-under was 102.5 wins. And I just thought, no way. They, they, those are always like overshots. Like, you know, they, they, like, just, they just seemed way too high. Craig and I both said under. Jacob boldly said over. And he dominated again, 106. Uh, so he gets that. Um, Jacob and Craig both said over on 20 and a half home runs for Gavin Lux. Nailed it. He hits he hits 7. <laughs> so my under just slightly wins that one. Now I will I will give uh Craig uh credit here. The over under on Muncie's walks was 85 and a half. Uh you and I both said over uh, and Craig said under and Muncie finished with 83, but I think we all know that had he gotten those three more plate appearances in the final game of the season, he would have walked all three times, and both of us would have won that one. So in your face, Craig. Um, uh, on Bueller strikeouts, uh, 189 and a half was the number. I'm actually looking back at it. I'm surprised I said over because I'm generally like that's it's going to be a long season. Who knows? Um, you and Craig both said under. Uh, Bueller ended up with 212, so I get that one. Um, I also said over on 28 and a half saves for Kenley Jansen. Uh, Jacob and Craig said under. Jansen had 38 saves. Um, then one that we I'm not assigning a winner to because we didn't hit it on the nose. Uh, uh, Dodgers with at least one save. I said eight. You said seven. They ended up with ten. So that's uh, just going to leave that as a push. Works for me. Uh, uh, Dodgers with five saves. Um I said there'd be three, uh, Jansen, Knable, and Gratterall. You said there'd be two, Jansen and Knable. There were two, Jansen and Trinan. I'm giving you that one because you nailed the number, even if we didn't. neither of us had Trinan as the other five-save guy. Um, this was weird. Like I think this was in maybe, I've heard exactly when this was recorded, but it was no more than a month into the season. And I think it was just the Dodgers, whatever the Dodgers numbers were at the time, Craig asked us like uh, this. So Dodgers uh, offense under uh, 4.41 walks per game. That's, that was my pick. Um, Oh, you said over. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said under, uh, it was 3.78 for the season. Um, I'd like to point out that most of these, I was bullied to take the yeah, other position just to, for the sake of interest. It may I sound drew, like I, I was eager to be uh, antagonistic, but I was actually under the gun uh, behind the I scenes. I drove to Kansas City to Literally. Uh, physically threaten you in this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, Dodgers offense, 9.65 strikeouts a game. Uh, Jacob said under. Uh, I think I, I wrote down the wrong thing for myself. I, I said over. 
you said under. You were right. Eight point six nine. That's right. Uh, in terms of uh, so run, this was a, a real close one actually. Uh, three point five seven runs allowed per game. You said over. I said under. It was three point four six. So in your face, point one one runs. Uh, this is another one that was just ridiculously close. One point zero four homers allowed per game. Uh, I said under. You said over. It ended up being point nine nine. They allowed one hundred sixty one and one hundred sixty two games. So I'm just I'm wiping the floor with these little incremental tiny wins. Um, so uh, now. Who's, oh yeah! How many pitchers will Dodgers pitchers will have a enough innings to qualify and a one twenty ERA plus? Um, I I said under four. Um, Jacob said I think the question was will they have four because I think that's what they had at the time. You said they would. I said they they'd have under. It turns out that Bueller Bueller and Urias were the only pitchers to qualify at all. If we expand this, it's not fair to do this. Scherzer did for the I season, think it's but obviously not with the Dodgers. To do this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so either way, I, either way, I wrote that as a win for myself, but it's it's nebulous. It's, it's, no, it's no, no, no. You said under. Push. If you had specifically said two, I oh, would, right, I would exactly. demand this to be a push. Uh, but you said under, so it, you're good. You win. So th- this was a very specific, timely one. Um, recorded on May 19th, um, Eric said the next Dodgers home run would be Pujols. You said DJ Peters and. Uh, the next night, the next home run by the Dodgers was Albert Pujols. So I get that one. You know, the, the um, next uh, Dodger to homer as a Ranger was DJ Peters. So I think, <laughs> I think. Only push. only because Dennis Santana didn't bat. Um, so uh, recorded on June 10th, Cody Bellinger, who was injured for a bulk of that time, had one home run at the time. But we all know it was two because he hit the home run over the fence uh, in Colorado, but it didn't count. Uh <laughs> The question from Craig was... That really should have been a sign of what this year was going to be like. Yeah. Will Cody Bellinger end up with 25 home runs? I said yes. Optimistic as ever. How'd that work? J- Jacob said no, and Bellinger ended with 10. Uh, so, just barely. Um, now, this was... A, this was I, I was shocking how, how the distributed uh, Urias' RBIs were. Um my brother's going to be mad that I said RBIs, but screw that. He's probably he's probably not even listening, so you <laughs> suck. Um, anyway, uh, July 19th, we recorded this. Julio Urias had eight RBI. Um, I said he will not get to 11. I believe that was Craig's question. Uh, Jacob said he would. Uh, Urias ended with nine RBIs. Uh, if you, But uh, he also drove in a run in game two of the NLDS, so... You almost, I would have given it to you had he driven in mm. one more. Um, and then this was right after the trade deadline. You you wiped the floor with this one. Uh, the question from Craig was, will Scherzer have 1.8 or higher baseball reference war? Uh, I said no. Jacob said yes. And <laughs> Scherzer had 2.7 because he was lights out. Um, so uh, let's see. I lost my place. Oh, uh Craig asked, uh, would Trey Turner get 16 stolen bases with the Dodgers? Uh, Jacob said yes. I said no. He got 11. Um, On August 31st, I forget what Trey's um, hit total was at the time, but um, we both both picked a number, a specific number that he would end with. I said 193 hits. 
Jacob said 202. That uh, he ended with 195. And what if we count lead. the playoffs? Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, let's uh, out. Weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, he'd get 204. So you know what? You get that one. Hey. Uh, um, <laughs> this was another weird one. Um, I was included on August in the playoffs 31st. when I made that. So uh, I'm counting. You know what? I- I'm giving it to you. Oh, I'm look at this. I'm still gonna lose. So um, August 31st. Uh, how many pitchers would end the season with? 40 innings pitched and at least one strikeout per inning. I said 12. You said 11. I think at the time they had like nine. But there was just a matter of would certain people get to the innings. Right. Um, and they did have 12. So I get that one. Um, okay. This one, I, I am taking full credit for this one because I nailed the number and we didn't have to pick a number. Um, the Dodgers record uh, with uh, for – um, played appearances without getting on base was 22. Um, and Max Scherzer, this was August 31st. Um, and, and you said Scherzer would not get to that because you thought he was going to get on base. That, that was a perfectly reasonable uh, guess. And perfectly I said, incorrect. <laughs> yeah. And I said uh, Scherzer would beat the record and that he'd finish with 26 played appearances. And that's exactly what he finished with. So I, I, I nailed that one. Um, this was before um, NLCS Game Six, showing that uh, once I can be optimistic at times. Uh, <laughs> I said Trey Turner would homer in, within the next five plate appearances. He did not get five more plate appearances. <laughs> he got four. He did not get a hit. He did walk once. Of these ones that we decided, uh, I had fourteen right. You had nine right. Craig had one. Uh, but like even a, a couple that I, I you know, uh, might have given your way it was a it was a close thing but the most thing is these are ridiculous and they are fun and that's why we do them but um uh, speaking of uh you know questions and predictions and trivia uh i have a trivia question for you Ooh. um the dodgers have played in five of the last six national league championship series and in 15 total nlcs um eight dodgers have amassed at least 20 total hits in the NLCS with the Dodgers. How many of them can you name? I will give that a shot after this. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Dodgers have played in five of the last six uh, NLCSs. We'll just forget 2019. Uh, and in 15 total uh, NLCSs, eight Dodgers have amassed at least 20 hits in all of those National League Championship Series. How many can I name? Now, and just, just want to tell you uh, as a slight hint, Obviously, this is a huge. The current 
iteration of the Dodgers is well represented um, of the eight players, but they also had, you know, a previous couple previous pockets uh, of, and so to, to consider those as well. All right. Um, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor is tied for the most uh, Dodgers NLCS hits with 28. Um, Corey Seager. Corey Seager just misses uh, 19. <laughs> I was, I, I'm like, he's got to be right on the money considering how. So the, if I remember right, um, I don't have his page up, but 2017 he got hurt mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs and he missed the NLCS, but he came back for the World Series. I, so like, I, that, I think that was part of it. Yeah, the, no, it would have had to have been writing last year uh, for, for exactly, a lot of seven-game yeah. series MVP. Uh, thought maybe he had scattered it enough. Um, he, I will say, uh, Seager does have his tied for the most NLCS home runs by okay. the Dodgers. So, um, let's think of other players. Uh, Justin Turner. Justin Turner, a good uh, guess in in these categories. He is third with twenty six hits. Um, Cody has had such a weird NLCS career <laughs> that like randomly clutch, but also sort of disappointing. But I'll, I'll still uh, Cody Bellinger. Um. Yep. Twenty four hits. Yep. He's tied for fourth. Um. I believe this the NLCS is his best series uh, of the various postseason series. That's that sounds probable to me. Um, like because he, he, you know, he won an MVP in one of them, but that was mostly due to clutchiness. Uh, than, yeah, uh, volume. Um, and there's so many. Like I'm trying to like think of when I want to move on from this era. I, I get. I, I'm. I'll, I'll ask. How many more from this era um, do I have? One. Okay. Um, is he currently on the Dodgers? No. Okay. Kike? Um, no. And, wow. So, he actually only has nine hits in the NLCS. <laughs> Three of which <laughs> from one. Five, <laughs> five of them are home runs. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, in 22 games, but, but obviously a lot. Well, not a lot of those were starts. So. Yeah, man, I'm trying to think of Yasiel. Yep. Okay. He's he's tied for sixth with 23. I'm like, there's no so way. The rest, are, <laughs> the rest are all um, from the earlier crew. Steve Garvey. Garvey is always a good guess. Very good postseason player. Um, he is the one tied with Seager with seven home runs. He has 24 hits, tied with Bellinger for fourth. Okay. Um. Ron Say. 1070 OPS. Uh, Ron Say is tied with Seeger with 19, just missed. Uh, Dusty Baker? Dusty Baker, currently managing the Astros, is tied with Yasiel Puig with 23 hits. All right. How many do I have left? You have two left. Uh, um, uh, like, try to remember who actually yeah. named. Um, you 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 guessed correctly, Garvey and Baker, and you also guessed Ronsay, which was incorrect. Um, my head is I I yep I'm tapping out tapping out. I would just be really shouting names at this point. Uh, so tied with Chris Taylor at number one is Bill Russell. 
Of course. Uh, uh, 28 hits in yeah. 21 games. Uh, he actually hit really well. Three. One of the emptier 337 batting lines I've ever seen because his OPS is 761. Um, but, like, still very, very productive. Um, and then Davey Lopes uh, right on the bo- uh, the button with 20 uh, in 17 games, 20 hits. So You know, it's really yeah, funny. It an, I'm it, like, my first instinct was either give up or just start naming the infield. You're right. <laughs> I should have gone was, with the other I, one. <laughs> I was trying to think of a hint that wasn't as obvious as, hey, just name the infield. Yeah. You know, like, or, <laughs> and I'm like, no, that would just be dumb guessing. I'm just going to give up. Yeah. All right. Well, um, hey, do you have a Dodgers rewind for us? You know what? I know I you do, do, but I want to um, ask. So, the I as I was going through these NLCS stats, a couple things stood out. Uh, I almost I almost made this about Chase Utley, but I thought he's he's too current and too famous slash good of a player to do this for yet. <laughs> We've had some great was, players on this before. He, he was 0 for 19 as a Dodger in the NLCS, so uh, <laughs> he is by far the the biggest 0 for. Um, but one that stood out was, uh, <clears throat> I think the next highest, uh, Ofer was Ofer eight by Bill North. And I don't mean this to pick on Bill North. It just made me interested because I, I, I thought, oh yeah, Bill North was a Dodger. And so I looked and of course, um, he was the guy the Dodgers got from the A's when the Dodgers, uh, traded Glenn Burke in May of 1978. Um, this is from Andrew Moranis' book about Burke, uh, singled out. Uh, uh, this is directly from his book. As reporters entered the clubhouse to collect their post-game quotes, they were stunned by the sight of multiple players, including Don Sutton and Steve Garvey, sitting at their lockers crying. One by one, Burke's teammates came over to play uh, to pay their respects and wish him well. Now, at the time, um, Burke was only 25. He was not like an everyday player or anything. He was like their top prospect, but you know, not quite a prospect. But he didn't really play that much, but the, the team loved him, like, just generally. But he was also um, gay, and the team, like, specifically, like, Tommy Lasorda and, I think, Al Campanis and um, Peter O'Malley, they were not uh, they were not down with that. And, like, they treated him terribly, like, and uh, that was essentially why they traded him, um, even if they wouldn't come out and say it. Although, Dust, a few people on the team knew, um, like, Dusty Baker, Davey Lopes, those guys... This is more from uh, Moranis's book. Uh, Dusty Baker posed a question to the team's trainer, Bill Bueller. Baker was fishing to see what Bueller might reveal. Bill, why'd they trade Glenn, he asked. He was one of our top prospects. They don't want any gays on the team, Bueller replied. Uh, Baker asked, the organization knows? And then Bueller said, everybody knows. <laughs> so that was the thing. Uh, that was more a coincidence to me. Like, that's not why I picked Bill North. It just was like, oh, yeah, he was the guy. But, um, so, part of the public reason I was looking at some old, like, news clippings of the trade was that they traded Burke so he could play more often with Oakland, and the Dodgers wanted, like, a veteran fourth outfielder, but it ended up that um, uh, Bill North ended up playing, like, not quite every day, but almost every day. He started in about two-thirds of the games the rest of the way through in center field. Uh, Rick Monday, I think, had like nagging injuries that year, but he also uh, sort of lost some playing time to North. North would uh, generally, um, he was good at getting on base, uh, but this year he like he hit for like zero power. He was a speedy guy, 
but he with the Dodgers, 234, 371, that's notable, um, 266 slugging, that's an 82 OPS plus. He had 10 doubles, no triples, no homers, but 65 walks uh, and 48 strikeouts. He stole 27 bases. Um, so speaking of that NLCS search, he was 0 for 8. But I was looking back at his playoff history. Um, that year, he was also 1 for 8 in the World Series. He was So that year, once 1 for 16 with a double, a walk, and a steal in the postseason with the Dodgers. Overall, in the postseason, he also played with the A's a few years prior. Three for fifty-nine in the in the postseason with two doubles, seven walks, stole three bases in four attempts. That's a zero fifty-one, one fifty-two, zero eight five postseason line. Um, his two thirty-six OPS is the third worst among MLB players with at least twenty postseason games and forty plate appearances. I was trying to figure out a way to like get a minimum. There's there's some people with. Uh, fewer than 20 games that have more plate appearances, but I just made it like a 20-game cutoff um, and then sorted from there because there, uh, there's a lot of like pitchers too and like it kind of skews things. But the worst OPS for that that amount of playing time is Greg Maddox, a pitcher. Four for 55 with a 214 OPS. Uh, the second worst is catcher Dan Wilson, who was eight for 88 uh, with a 231 OPS. And then fourth uh, behind North is Whitey Ford, also a pitcher, four for forty nine, all in the World Series, a two seventy eight OPS plus. So the, those are some truly wretched numbers. Um, there was another thing too. Um, Bill North lived in L A. Uh, even when he was with the, I guess in the off season with the A's um, during the nineteen seventy seven World Series, uh, he was arrested for cocaine possession and drug trafficking, even though charges were eventually dismissed. But it was kind of. Uh, like a cloud hung over him uh, going into his free agency after the 1978 season. This is from Bill North's Sabre bio written by Tim Herlick. Um, according to North, the Dodgers offered him a four-year $932,000 contract, but my agent suggested I go to free agency. I was supposed to be one of the top free agents of the day. Now, I want to point out this is not a full Jody Reed situation, um, but North did say he had to beg for a one-year deal with the Giants. He ended up having a really good year. And then they gave um, he signed with them after that for like a three year deal. I, I didn't get the exact numbers, but the one report said it was over two hundred thousand dollars each year. Um, so he didn't quite make that total number, but it wasn't as bad as the Jody Reed thing. And the Jody Reed thing also had consequences because the Dodgers traded uh, Pedro Martinez to get a second baseman. But we're not talking about that now. Um, <laughs> so um, in eleven major league seasons. Uh, North 261, 365, 323, 100 OPS plus on the dot. Good get on base guy, very good um, stolen base guy. He led the uh, American League in stolen bases twice. Um, stole 395 bases in his career, played for the Cubs, A's, Dodgers, and Giants. Now, uh, his season with the Dodgers, though, uh, was pretty unique. Um, among Dodgers seasons, with at least a 370 on base in 300 plate appearances. Bill North's 266 slugging is the lowest in the live ball era that's 1920 to present by a full 60 points. There are four players with a total of six such seasons with a 370 uh, on base percentage and a sub 350 slugging. How many can Jacob name? I love and hate this question. I was literally going to bed thinking about this um, just because 
like I'm nervous to guess players and the heavy feeling. No, that guy who slugged was a slugger, and I just like didn't yep. know. So I'm gonna preempt this by saying a lot of if I guess any names where that's the case, I'm betting on the betting on the situation that like at twilight year because power saps way earlier than on base skills. So I imagine that maybe there's a season that counts as that, but we'll find out. Um, first name that came to mind was Pee Wee Reese. Um, so he, no, it didn't, his, his worst slugging in such a year was 378. <sighs> I'm counting. That he had, he had a 384 on base with a 378 slugging, but, uh, yeah, not, not, close not quite. Uh, Count close, it. Yeah. Change the numbers. <laughs> Juke it. Juke the stats, Eric. Oh <laughs> no, I'm out of good guesses. That was like my best, like certainly near the end of the career. I'll give you a hint. One of these uh, is one of my favorite Dodgers seasons ever. That's not a help hint. Uh, it, uh, Brett Butler? See, it was a good hint. Because <laughs> it, was. Got it. Uh, it wasn't, and then I immediately knew what we were talking about. 1991, his first year with the Dodgers, uh, led the National League in runs scored and walks and caught stealing, but I didn't care about that at the time. Uh <laughs> I'm really but, glad uh, you said that specifically because he was the other na- player I was going yeah. to name that I thought of last night and then completely forgot about it. A 296 batting average, 401 on base, just excellent, excellent season, 343 strike. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, he, and he, he's he's the uh, I guess what uh, sixth lowest on this slugging on this list. So okay. Um, well, one of them, one of the others is in the Jacob era. Okay. <laughs> I would, and the, mo- the uh, let's say the modern Jacob era. Like it's not, it's not the nineties. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go there yet. Cause I could, I tried yeah. really hard to think of players in my era and I couldn't think of any, uh, specifically just with that, those on base skills without the power. Um, Maury Wills. So I'm looking. I don't know if he ever had that high of an on base, yeah. but um, I am not seeing him on this list. I will just. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll look. Check. I'll look up why. He, yeah, he's he's not. He's not on this list. Um, no, I'm just curious as to like how how close did we get? Uh, no, yeah, his highest on base ever was 356, uh, where he had a 378 slug. But look at these numbers. I'm not a bad guess. Like mm-hmm. he was in the ballpark. No, both it's ways it's a, a perfect times. like. Um, yeah, perfect like choice. Yeah. Um man, who who got on like uh and this is to qualify for oh, 300, mm-hmm. 300 played appearances. I see that now. Yeah. Um I I I don't I don't know. All the slap headers I can think of because that's kind of how I'm trying to view this. I don't think on base 370 or higher. Uh, or had enough pop that I like this. Like yeah. I keep thinking of someone that hits like two out of the three criteria, and then they I just whiff on the other. Um, yeah, I'm I I'm gonna be satisfied that I got one. You want to throw right. hints at uh, me? I'll I'll play the fool. But uh, I don't I don't know if I could give you a good enough hint for some of these. Um, so um, just go from the bottom up here, or the or I guess the top down. Um, Jim Gilliam. Um, 1959, so not not quite swan song era, but um, he was 30 that year. Um, had, hit 282 with a 387 on base, but a 345 slugging. 
Um, he had, he led the league with 96 walks that year. That's a theme. Um, Jamie Carroll was the modern uh, player. Mm, I was, I was, was trying to that get would to have been for. very. We would have been here a while. <laughs> I was just shouting two, out names. Two ninety one with a three seventy nine on base. He had two like perfectly good seasons with the Dodgers. He he was sort of exactly what they needed, but he also slugged three thirty nine, uh, zero home runs, one triple, fifteen doubles. Um, then the other, there's only one other person on this list, and he dominates. Uh, he has the. Besides Bill North, he has the three lowest slugging. Eddie Stanky is one of the on-basiest guys ever, and also hilarious name. Um, second baseman mostly. Um, so Eddie Stanky also had a three fifty-two uh, slugging in one of these years when he led the National League with four thirty-six on base in 1946 for Brooklyn. Um, he walked 137 times that year. He also had 20 sacrifices, what a legend. Um, so this was all during the, like the war years, although I guess, no, not all during the war years, but this is a stretch from 1944 to 1947. So 44, he had a 382 on base and a 326 slugging. He only played in 89 games. That was almost, I have to look, but I'm, I'm guessing that was war affected. Uh, 1945. Uh, led the league with 128 runs scored at 148 walks, uh, 258 batting average, 417 on base with that batting average, slugged 333. Um, and then 1946, that was the season I mentioned he led the league in on base and walks. Uh, that was 352. And then 1947, uh, he hit 252 with a 373 on base, but he only slugged 329. Just like the man knew his role uh, to a T. Uh, yeah, so Eddie Stanky, um, one of the like like oddest, like fun careers, I think, uh, in Dodger history. Uh, I'm appreciative of this question just because I'm getting a better idea of what Jim Gilliam's batting profile was. I think he was someone in my head that I had, you know, not a power hitter, but had more pop than I yeah. thought. Um, yeah. Know, career slugging was 355. Yeah, but all, but also, man, what a an excellent on base guy. No, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah no yeah. career on base of three sixty, and and it also makes me like that's got to be a rarefied class of player, like with some minimum amount of plate appearances or whatever, where your on base was higher than your slugging. So, um, I I almost thought this person was going to show up on this list. I don't. He didn't get the three seventy on base. Mm-hmm. Oh, he also didn't. Oh, let's see. No, he did have the one. Okay, Chad Fonville was like the the type of guy I was thinking of, mm-hmm. but his his best on base with the Dodgers was three twenty eight. So like, yeah, um, it, he wasn't close in that regard. But that that was in my head. The uh, Eric Young uh, Senior, as we say now, um, nineteen ninety nine, he had a three fifty five slugging and a three seventy one on base with the Dodgers. Uh, Jackie Robinson actually had a year nineteen fifty five. He had a low slugging year, 363, but he, he had a 378 on base. Uh, just looking at some of these, other, Brett Butler had another year in 93, uh, but that was 371 slugging. Uh, Jose Offerman had a year. Mike Sharperson, the Pee Wee Reese year you mentioned. Uh, no, uh, Juan Pierre got cl- was the player I kept wanting. <laughs> My brain kept uh, trying to shift me to just because I was making slap hitters. No, it was, what's really interesting. And now I'm like, no, there's no way he did that. He actually did get to 370 once twice yeah. in his career but he went over slugging uh both times both times once with colorado once with florida 
as a Dodger, he on based 365 uh, in 2009, wow. and then but with a 392 yeah. slugging. So anytime he on based yeah. enough, he just slugged enough to kind of miss qualifying the list. So the the value the value of hitting triples. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, and you know what? You know what else he brought to the club? Hmm. Arena in a box. Grit? Oh yeah. Well, oh, great. Obviously. Um, well, Eric, we're in a, uh, a conundrum. I'm going to go ahead and uh, pl- pl- play the music. With Jens and Craig. We love them. So we're recording this early. We love it. Oh, sorry. I have a, uh, a commitment uh, uh, shortly hereafter, and I have one question from Craig. Um, I'm actually middle of texting him to see do, if do, I get more. Do we, do we have a separate um, do we, do we <laughs> question have a separate from Craig? <laughs> oh, I have great news. I just got the, literally nice. right as I speak uh, the rest of these questions. Uh, so there we go. I'm going to assume my text message uh, brought it home. So we're, we're doing yeah. these live, as they say. Yeah. Today's trivia question is another look back at a big game in Dodger history. Game two of the 1988 World Series. Now, one of the three of us... I was there. My first, my first playoff game. Uh, attended that game, and I'll say it wasn't me. I was two uh, and living in Indiana at the time, so it wasn't me. Congrats, Eric. In any case, yeah. let's see what Eric recalls about that key World oh, Series boy. game for the Dodgers. A you were lot. there. I expect you to get all of this. All right, let's start with the basics. Name the Dodger lineup, and for bonus points... <laughs> Name any pinch hitters, runners, or defensive replacements the Dodgers may have Jesus. used. Okay. So, uh, uh, <laughs> do you do you want to care about order or not? Do you want to just? I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try the order. Okay. Um, so, this is game two. Okay. Uh, Steve Sachs, second base. Steve Sachs Franklin led off at second base. First base. Sorry, sorry, you broke up a little bit on my end. Uh, just to uh, confirm, Steve Sachs at second, and then Franklin subs at first. You are correct. Um. Okay, then I have to think here. Um, did they just plug him in? Mickey Hatcher in left, dead on. Mike Marshall in right, correct. Um, John Shelby in center, correct. <laughs> uh, okay, now, okay, so now we need to go six, seven, eight. Um, wow, how did they do this? Uh, okay, so I think, I think it's. Mike Sosha catcher. Yep. Uh, Jeff Hamilton third. Yep. Alfredo Griffin short. And then who hit ninth? Uh, yeah. Some so. guy named Oral. <laughs> that is extremely impressive. Uh, you want to go yeah. for the bonus points? Oh, so the pinch. Okay, so the Dodgers won this game six nothing. It was over early. Oh no 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 no. That was game seven. Um. Hmm. Who'd. I don't. I mean, I, I'm going to give you I, one I, hint. I'm going to give you one yeah. hint. To start. There are two yeah. um, additional players who played for the Dodgers in this. Okay, this so the thing here is, Hershiser pitched a complete game. Yep. Um. So, uh, I, I shut out at that. Uh. So that wasn't him. So the I'm trying to think here. Um. I will guess one of the other players was Dave Anderson. Incorrect. First time you've been wrong. Whew. I will. Okay. I'm going to give you. Do so, you want to keep going or I'll. No. I, so my guess then. I, okay. I'm trying to think. Did they like take out 
like Marshall for defensive purposes, but then who would they did they put Mike Davis in the outfield? Uh you're you're on the right track, but it wasn't Mike Davis. Danny Heap? Nope. Oh boy. Um Hmm. So Oh, this is bad. <laughs> this is oh uh Jose Gonzalez. There you go. In the eighth inning. Yeah. Um and I'll let you know. So the other was a pinch hitter and then um played first base. Huh. Replacing okay. Um Tracy Woodson. There you go. Well done. Nice. Hershiser pitched a complete game shutout. He gave up three hits, all to the same batter. Dave Parker. Uh, there you go. Uh, according to the stat head, <laughs> Hershiser is the only NL pitcher to do uh, what as a batter in game two in any postseason game since 1903. Um, wait, can, can you repeat the question? Yeah, so can, Oral Hershiser is the only National League pitcher to do what oh. as a batter in Game 2 in any postseason game since 1903. Is it is it hit two doubles? A two doubles among three hits. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, Marius Russo did it for the Yankees in the 1943 World Series. Should have asked you that. Come on now. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to load up this other email that just came in. All right. I've read recent stories about how Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association need to change the game so we don't have so many relievers pitch hit pitch excuse me so many relievers pitch in a game. I'll note that I did a quick research and currently the 2021 World Series is the only one to not have any starting pitcher complete six or more innings. I've seen proposals to limit the roster, change the DH rule and others. Eric and Jacob, what are your thoughts on increasing starter usage? I, I th- it's hard to – I don't like generally – I don't like um, imposing, like, game-type rules for this. Uh, I think the only way you sort of do that on a sport level is is roster limits. So, like, if you said a, a team can't carry more than 12 pitchers at a time, they're less likely to do the bullpen churn um, stuff. And it becomes more valuable to have a, a pitcher who can go longer. Uh, so I think that would be the avenue, I think, to do that. But that's also over the course of a season. The, the other um, proposal that yeah. uh, Craig hints to is the is like as soon as you replace the starter, you lose the DH. Um, yeah. And like, I mean, the, like depending on the day, I think that's a, an, an interesting idea or an awful idea. Yeah. Um, just because... I think a lot of times with these rules, you can kind of you it gets suggested with the best cases in mind, but then the edge cases become fringier. Like when a, a starter gets hurt, that sort of right perhaps um, incorrectly punishes the team that already has a hurt player. Uh, so that, that's that's a little weird, but I, I could still see it being interesting. I definitely like the idea of the roster limitations, as you're saying. I know you tweeted, um, and this doesn't limit relievers per se but just the same mind of speeding the game up is just like let's actually enforce a pitch clock that'd be nice um but yeah i think this a lot of this is just going to have to be kind of incremental and toying but limiting the amount of pitchers i think does 
to a degree makes sense. The the flip side is, especially if this was uh, at all a regular season rule, you're going to get into, you know, sort of non-game situations where uh, uh, pitches in your position player pitching um, quicker, just like if the game's out of reach. Um, and that's that's a bad product that no one wants to watch mm. outside of it. Yeah. Like when it's a novelty, you know, when this is something that happens once a year, sure. But when it's having five, six, seven times a year, it's just, you know, who cares at that point? Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I certainly understand the calls for it. It definitely helps, um, one, just the natural turn of the game. It has a, a better speed, but also just it's better for narratives uh, when you can really tie the starter to the outcome of a game more more readily. Mm-hmm. And the DH rule being a little uh, behind limiting the amount of relievers, but also just not having the, the opener thing. Um, I don't really mind the opener thing necessarily as much. Right. Like, yeah. I think same. that's kind of inventive. Like, like I could like, I'm not saying that this is going to be the case, but I think it would be interesting if a thing that developed is you know opener and then two guys that can go four. Like that's interesting to me and fits within mm-hmm. pitcher limitations. I'm not saying that ever would be a thing, but that's that's new and innovative and adds a layer of strategy of when you bring in the guy. Um, I actually thought the, Game Five of the NLDS this season for the Dodgers was a really interesting dynamic. There was this tension of when were they going to bring in their bulk guy? How long could he go? What would they do after? And I found that I found that really interesting, even though I, he should have yeah. gone in any lawn and Scherzer shouldn't have appeared. <laughs> I, yeah, right. Exactly. I'm I'm on board with uh, the the Mitch White Tony Gonsolin game. Yeah, like in Game Four or whatever series next year. That'd be and and your the just limiting the amount of pitchers. Um, Three innings saved. Yeah, that brings <laughs> that into the into the fold. So maybe maybe that maybe start there and then see what happens, right? My my uh, uh, Zach Britton on the Yankees, uh, who was uh, I think one of the is it eight players who's on like the the board of the like executive board of the players association. Like he tweeted out like, what would you change like about the game? We'd like to know. And uh, I think that was the thing I I quote tweeted with the thing mm-hmm. about the pitch clock, but then I jokingly noted uh, also teams should um, get, oh, uh, yeah, team, team should get an extra draft pick for every three inning save they had. <laughs> uh, my, my other thing that I was, uh, I was thinking about was um, for every um, spring training tie, <laughs> uh, a team gets, a, a team gets an extra game, or gets one game with an extra roster spot that they can choose at any point during the regular season. So, look, we're just enforcing all the right things here. That, that's what I'm getting at. The Padres replacing their manager, Jace Tingler, was not a surprise. However, hiring Bob Melvin, who had one year left in Oakland, was unanticipated. Were you too Shocking. surprised by this yeah. deal, especially because of the lack of compensation to the A's? Yeah. Uh, very surprising. Like, well, it, it's... Like, honestly, like, if you think about it, of all the, like, problems that the Padres had, like, communication, just, like, general leadership, um, smart manager, like, the, I'm not saying Jay Singler was dumb. I'm just, like, they couldn't have gotten a better hire than Bob Melvin, I think, for this. It was shocking that he was available. Like, the A's are kind of a mess right now. Like, their ownership is kind of... Um, trying to like make get their way out of the city slash uh, getting a city to bend over backwards for them 
and build them a stadium where they have to put in as little money as possible. Um, but it sure seems like uh, them letting him go for no compensation sort of portends a we're gonna we're gonna blow this thing up. You know, they've been very competitive the last few years, uh, and it seems like that's they're gonna do one of these things where they they trade everybody again. Um, it, they started that last year the like the ridiculous like one year offer to Marcus Semyon um, with like a billion of it deferred, like just just a sad offer. Um, yeah, just, it, I think things are going to be bad, but in terms of the Padres, it's as good of a manager they could have got. I'm absolutely floored that he was available. Yeah. One quick contest question. Ah, uh, starting back up, name uh. the 2021 world series MVP. And if you name the same player, name the player who scores the winning run for the series. Oh God. Um, so I jokingly said this the other night that it should be Zach Greinke. He has two hits and four scoreless innings in the World Series, even if the Braves win. Um, I don't have any of the stats in front of me right now for the World Series, so I think that's the best way to choose. Um, oh, I do. I'm cheating. I am 100% cheating. Um, <laughs> so Max Fried goes tonight. So if the Braves clinch in six, it's not, he had a bad like game two. So it's not going to be him. He's just going to have like one good start, one bad start. Like that's not going to do it, so it's going to be a hitter. Um, huh, let's see. Let's go with. I'm going to go with Jorge Soler. Uh, a good guess. The, I, I'm just assuming the Braves are win because they beat the Dodgers. And yeah. That's how. That's the road that's to the a, championship. That's, that's what you do. Um, and again, using my cheating metrics, uh, Jorge Soler is second. In um, championship win probability added uh, on Baseball Reference, uh, second only to my pick again because I'm cheating, uh, Austin Riley. Nice, yeah, good, good pick. Uh, random small sample series. Do you know who leads the series in OPS? Uh, is it Grinky? It is Kyle Wright. <laughs> oh, nice. Another what is he one for one? Uh, uh, one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is funny. I'm like, how does how is this working? Uh, no, he he, oh, he has a walk. walk. That's it. <laughs> nice. I love it. Uh, that's funny. Oh no, I, I'm sorry. I was sorting my regular season stats. I lied. Uh, Horace Allaire losing OPS. I'm sorry. he. Kyle Wright has an OPS in the regular season of one. Uh, so yeah. I'm like, how how does he? How is he over one of the strikeout with an OPS mm-hmm. of one? I'm so confused. Um, and then it's Travis Darno and Austin Riley are uh, next in that in that list. I almost went Darno, uh, but I will have you know that your thought is that Grinky uh, leads uh, actually the whole series in OPS uh, with one point three three three. So you were right, and I will uh, learn how to sort. They, they brought him in as a pinch hitter, mm-hmm. and he got a hit. <laughs> like they also brought him in as a pinch hitter with like five or four or five of their other bench guys available. Again, it was like one of those things because of the pitching. It was like way earlier in the Mm. game. So I'm certain they were saving those guys for higher leverage stuff, but it was just funny (laughs) uh, at the time that that happened. Um, I was looking at like, now I am looking at the stats and I, for the, like if the asterisk, whoever like goes off is like the next two nights is probably their MVP if they win. But like, 
what Kyle Tucker is maybe their their leading guy right now. That was like, uh, he does lead in uh, championship championship win probability. The man would have mouthful. Um, so uh, so they're starting Luis Garcia on short rest tonight, and then they're they're having. I guess it would be uh, Jose Arquiti if <laughs> if because uh, he he'd go game seven. So he he would if he like wins three of the games. I know one was in relief. Um, and I, I, I I'm him. really I bad at reading this. I like that. He's actually way near the bo- bottom. Uh, he's negative six. That doesn't make any sense. I'm so confused. I don't know how to read Wait, this. Who, uh, no, you're, you're looking at offense. Uh, right? sure. Yeah. I'll figure this yeah. out later. He, he's only, so Jose or this is, this is the state of like the, how the pitching staffs are because so many people are hurt. Jose Arquiti, he's won. Uh, he has the two Astros wins in the in the postseason. He's pitched six innings in the World Series, and he he has four more outs than any other Astros pitcher <laughs> through six games, through five games, excuse me. But then uh, the Braves, the Braves uh, leader in innings has five and two thirds. Mm-hmm. Kyle Wright, amazing. No, I'm still trying to figure out CWPA, and I'm assuming. So is this a negative number for the team that is behind in the series? That's got to be it. No, no, it's it's um like they've just been bad. Like they've made their team's chances worse. Yeah, but Kyle Tucker's been kind of good. That's why I'm confused. Whatever. Stats it's, are weird. Yeah. Austin Riley's winning the award. There we go. That's all I need to know. There I don't is. need to bother but with so understanding I, uh Houston Astro stats. Ugh. Ugh. It's it, Jock Jocktober did not materialize at least in the World Series. Uh he actually struggled a little against I know he had the home run against Scherzer, but uh, outside of those early pinch hit home runs, he's he's been it's been rough. Jock Bember, <laughs> hey, there you go. All right, um, my mom is a fan of baking quick breads. What are your thoughts on the classic banana bread, pumpkin, or some other type of not quite dessert or cake loaf? I've only made uh, banana bread myself. I love banana bread. I used to hate banana bread. Um, uh, I like. Um, zucchini bread, mm-hmm. uh, but other than that, I guess I'm not. I haven't really, I haven't really branched out in that in that regard. I made banana bread. Melissa um, does not like bananas in any form whatsoever, so it has to be a thing where I have. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, yep. What are we drinking? Is it a banana bread soda? Question. Yeah, it's question. Greg is sponsored by banana bread soda. <laughs> It's actually a Coke Zero. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I ate two bananas for breakfast. We talked about this we, earlier, but you, and a sausage. Yeah, so I believe. I'm, I'm on the other. I'm yeah. I'm on the other end of. Uh, you know, uh, as am I. So it has to be a thing where I have someone else because I'm not eating a whole loaf by myself. Uh, so as mm-hmm. uh, my daughter grows older, uh, that will happen more and more regularly. I'm sure where her and I make it and polish it off. But if we ever have company, uh, when my um, Mother was in town. I made a I made a loaf and we polished it off pretty quick. Yeah, it's it, banana bread is like just ridiculously quick and easy to make. Like so, like that's part of it. Uh, I forgot recently. I saw someone. I mean, I, I generally just do a normal banana bread. You put it in the the loaf pan. You do it. I've seen people do it where they have the the batter, but then they like mix in like banana like slices in there too. Uh, I'm intrigued by that. I want to. I want to see. I'm going to try that next time. 
I don't put nuts in there. I was about to say, I, as I much as a fan like of nuts. banana bread as I am, banana nut bread is an abomination. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't like walnuts. Like that's that's the thing. Like, I, uh, I actually like the taste of walnuts, but there's so few things I want them added to. Um, I've had them yeah. in salads before that I thought were it was an appropriate addition, but in banana bread, no, uh, I will say, um, make uh, one thing that. I did with the most recent iteration that worked quite well is having a um, somewhat high cinnamon level uh, that added mm. a lot of uh, flavor and, and intrigue to it. So there's your tip. I don't, I, I think I've used that. I, I'm trying to think uh, the one fun trick I do like making Chex mix every Christmas quote unquote making. I just, yes. you know, you put it in a slave. <laughs> uh, but now there's like Worcestershire sauce, butter, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, I did add cinnamon. Uh, that's the little, the little trick. Uh, uh, that, that's, that's a good little taste. My, uh, I like make, make my mom used to make that like every year, you know, that was like her thing. So I, I, uh, I do that, uh, every so often, uh, or I mean for Christmas, but, uh, that, that's sort of the plan. Uh, so yeah, no, man, all I can think about right now, Chex Mix and banana bread. That, that's that's on the mind at the moment. So, well, just in the good time, we're done. We're caught up, uh, as is tradition uh, with you and I. We'll uh, switching to a more or less every two week uh, schedule during the off season, just because we run out of stuff to say if we try right, to do exactly. every week. Um, there, it's more of a content uh, thing in the off season. I, I'm sure if stuff comes up, like when. Uh, when the Dodgers give Kershaw a lifetime deal, obviously we'll have a podcast. But no, yeah, no, uh, we'll see uh, how how it's going to be gonna Wakefield's go, but, uh, deal, but at like forty million oh, yeah. a year. That's uh, that was one of the funner like contracts ever. It was a it was one year four million dollars with a perpetual option. Yeah. Like every every time the option got ox- exercised. It added another option for the next year for four months. So I don't remember exactly how many seasons he did that, but it was like, it was amazing. Uh, I thought it was one of those where, like, he would just always pitch for them because he was a knuckleballer, and I was hoping he'd like go to fifty. I always, I always root for players who are old to make it to fifty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're still waiting. So Pujol still has uh, nine more seasons to get there. So hey, maybe, maybe he'll, maybe the Dodgers can sign him to a nine-year deal. There we go. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We will uh, talk to you about more off-season stuff and probably make some free agent predictions next episode, but uh, we'll talk to you then. Go Austin Riley. Go Austin Riley.